Hi, this is MG. And I'm Elizabeth Pudwell, and we are Sober Sisters Talk. And we're, we are, um, this is a week a weekly podcast. We record weekly, and um, we bring up topics about sobriety, all forms of sobriety. It could be food, sex, love, drugs, alcohol, anything that uh, gets you off of your, <laughs> off of your main track there. And... Um, just uh, we want to. What we want to do is to um, bring our experience of taking sobriety out into the real world. Like, how do you take your program out in the real world? How do you deal with real world issues? And I just want to read an email from one of our listeners. This individual says that she she said I love the podcast and I listen at night when going to bed. Sometimes fall asleep and then wake up from hearing the laughter. It's a good thing. It is relaxing to me. Would love to hear a topic about being joyous and free and how or what it takes to get to that place. So thank you so much for your email. And, I love um, it. I was like, let's do that. So, you know, one of the things we were talking about before, um, we want to cover uh, a step a month and we were going to do step 10. And um, I said, well, let's let's address this email and then we'll do step 10 next week. And... Um, but really, it really is about the steps to get to that place for me um, of being happy, joyous, and free. And, you know, it's like it, step 12 is, you know, it says continue to, um, or we promise to share this message to others in all areas and practice these principles in all areas of our lives. And I think you know for me that that's where i really started finding joy is when i started sponsoring other people because it was like everything that i had done all of that mess became a message and it 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 made i remember like i was like going i feel high after i work with someone and a good high you know right, it feels good right 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 well and for me because i work a lot with others I'm going through the steps a lot. I read the literature a lot. I remember, like, you know, I found out that I needed to make an amends to somebody. And this was after, I felt like I did a really very thorough four-step. So the work continues. And when people ask me, you know, this is kind of long, this step. Do I need to do it all? And I'm like, no. You can, like, just give it a pass right now. But let me just say that... The more effort you put into it, the more results you're going to get back. And even people who do put a lot of effort into it, I, I don't. What I don't want to say is that people are like, well, I work my my butt off, and I it's don't have still anything, there. I, I don't have anything to show yeah. for it. And I'm so. I mean, for me, you know, I tend to be lazy as one of my character defects, and so I really like push against that to really be, you know, do extra work just to make sure I am very thorough. But the step work, I felt, as in combined with therapy and also some other things, like I was doing yoga like a crazy person. I mean, I was like doing yoga like five to seven times a week. And I was doing the women within work. And I was just doing whatever I could. And so all those things combined were what really helped me to completely reframe my life. And that I am the one responsible for my life. And I'm the one that has to make the changes. And I can't rely on someone else or blame or be the victim any longer. It's like, this is up to me. So, 
I really, and I love the work that I've done with you in terms of law of attraction, and I remember finding that work and, you know, continuing to listen to that. And also, I was going to Unity Church, and Unity Church has this amazing thing that they do at the end where everybody holds their hands, and they say this, like, you know, singing sort of prayer at the end. And every time, inevitably, and I'm going to tear up talking about it, I feel the love and grace of the Lord just flood me. And like you were talking about getting high, it's like I get high. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, but in a good way. And then I always start crying because I feel like, you know, unworthy. I don't know what that's about, but I just, I I feel that. I think it's overwhelming joy, though. You know, I don't, the crying is not necessarily a sadness. It's just that over, you know, because I could cry like, um, oh, what was going on today? I can't remember, but. I saw someone show up for someone else and it made it makes me, you know, yeah. choke up. Yeah. So I you know, yeah, and I just think that like being really thorough um it, in the step work for me gave me a self awareness as the same thing as does what you said, like working with sponsees continually. You know, all invariably and it doesn't matter, like I'll be working with somebody and I'll be saying what it is that I need to hear. Yeah. And I get this like I had this self-awareness this week and um it it feels like it's pretty big and I just was like so grateful for having that because it it just is like this constant unfolding and it's like so what I found what I figured out I'll share it. So I have been dating and I went on two dates with two guys and um two different men and I went on two dates and then never heard from the, them again okay so what is that I go like what is that what you know and I realized like that I'm like you know not um putting out physically and I don't mean having sex with them but I'm not not even like you know I'm like okay bye bye no hug no you know huh and I'm like keeping them at bay well the thing is is that they weren't the right guy and I knew that, but I was sort of like kind of just going along with it and, and continue. Like I would have gone out with both of them again if they'd asked me um, just to see, you know, to see if there was anything. But because, there was because love is a thoughtful decision. Right. So you wanted to be very thoughtful about that decision. I so do. I applaud that. But inside, you know, it was like, mm-mm. you know, my intuition was like, no. And, um, so, and I, I don't know that I will do anything differently, you know, but having that awareness is really beneficial for me and it relieves me. It's like, I don't sit there and worry like, oh, what am I doing wrong? Or, you know, did I let him slip away? Do I need to reach, you know, and it just helps me to be happy, joyous and free. It's like, there's another man out there and the night the right guy I won't feel like that with right the right guy I will want to hug I will want to hold his hand I will want to kiss him you know the right it will feel that way because I've done that I've dated somebody like that so I you know it just feels really really good to be able to like go okay you know maybe there you know there is some of me and the kind of like uh, 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 and you know energy that they're not feeling but it's not the right guy I love that and I mean I remember someone sharing in a meeting one time that 
we can love many people and that so many people are going to come into our lives that we will be attracted to. And I mean, you know, we discussed last week about, you know, there was some physical stuff about one of the guys that you went out with that you noticed. And and it was a little bit of a, you know, um, I think perhaps something that was giving you more reason to not want to go forward. But, you know, I was at a restaurant today and I saw a waiter go by and he was kind of chubby. And I'm like, I like that guy, <laughs> you know? It's like the chubbiness or whatever is not going to be a deterrent if I like that person's energy and the way they carry themselves. And, you know, he was smiling and just like, you know, being really nice to some people. And so I was like, yeah, that, you know. So maybe that's it. Maybe it's like I can't put my finger on like what it is, but there are physical attributes that I go like, I know I don't want that. Yes, you know, yes, so and yes. the, the rest of it, I just don't, you know, there's something underneath there because I don't think that like if a, if a guy is, you know, chubby or slightly overweight, it's a deterrent. And I really don't even think that somebody that's like, um, you know, a lot shorter, no, but a little shorter than me, I don't think that's a deterrent either, but there's something else there yeah. that I yeah. can't quite put my finger on, which is, you know, what perpetuates the other that you know continue to date but, but that's your in- intuition that's that's your, your gut feeling elizabeth and i have to say that the thing that keeps me happy joyous and free for the most part i mean you know the way that i would sort of like you know demonstrate if you would see my hand you know when the highs and the lows you know it's just but then it's just like very stable there's just this very you know things are things are fine and i don't get like super excited about things I get sad about things like you know what we were talking about last week and this week in terms of political stuff but it doesn't disable me and it doesn't derail me and you know in fact it does the opposite you know like tomorrow I'm going to go volunteer on a campaign that I want to support so I'm going to go get training to like become a manager for one of these little pop-up shops so I'm going to like donate like my time and my energy for this month to really, you know, help kind of do some things. So, um, you know, that gives me agency in my life. And so that's going to make me happy. It's empowering, you know, yeah. when you do things. So it is, there's, there's things that you can do that empower you. One of the things that I found um, that has kind of grown in my recovery that gives me joy and makes me happy is using my skill set to create things, you know, like law of attraction, um, like I know somebody, you know, things like that, that I can, you know, I'm a natural born leader. I am a natural born teacher. And so those things I can use, you know, and I get to use my skill set. I recognize it. I know what I'm good at. And um, I get to use those things to help other people and to teach and to do what it is that I want to do. And, you know, it, it, that is really, really beneficial as well. Well, I think that that, you know, um, when I think about, there's this guy, his name is uh, Anthony Robbins, and he's a, a motivating per- speaker. You know, he, he hates that, motivational speaker. He hates that phrase. But he talks about... Um, that there are six needs that we have. And uh, one of the needs is meaning. 
we need to have meaning in our life. And um, so that's one of the big things that I feel like, you know, doing step work with other, you know, women in SLAW, that that helps give my life meaning and significance, that, you know, I'm a significant person to those other women. And also I feel like with my acting that, you know, that that's, uh, I get significance from that as well. Right. I can do something that not a lot of people can do. And so, and I feel like that is um, a way of having meaning and significance in life. And so, you know, those two things are, are really part of the um, recipe of what makes me happy, joyous, and free. And then also, I often will ask myself if I'm feeling overwhelmed or there's been a lot of stuff going on. I will, I love this phrase from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, pause when agitated. And it's part of a bigger chapter where I think it's how it works. And it pause when agitated. And to take that moment, and then I say another phrase from that program is, what's the next right thing? So I'm like, okay, I'm not really sure what I need to do. Okay, well, what's the next right thing? Well, the next right thing is you need to go to the restroom or you need to go take a bath or you need to brush your teeth and you need to go to bed. And just really kind of doing that continual check-in about where I am physically, where I am emotionally. And, uh, and I had a little bit of a breakthrough this week in regards to one of my siblings. And this is a sibling that I've been... Um, this person has gone into no contact with me and I've been doing what I call the unsolvable Rubik's cube where I try to figure out, well, what was it that I did? And, you know, did I say something and and what did this? And so I'm, how can I fix it? Yes. Maybe if I do, maybe if I, Oh yes. Oh, and, it, and it's just Lord. maddening. It's yes. maddening. But the sibling has had uh, some, some situations come up in their life. And so, I asked my other sister, I said, um, you know, should I reach out to her? I'm, I'm concerned about what I should do because she's like not talking to me. And every time I've tried to call her and say, hey, how are you? She goes, hey, let me call you back. And then she never does. She, you know, ghosts me like that. So I'm like, clearly she doesn't want to talk to me. So I didn't want to make things worse, but I wanted to offer my support and say, listen, I'm, I'm, Concerned, And my sister was like, if you're feeling that that's, you know, what an action that you want to take, you can reach out to her. And so I just texted her. I'm like, hey, and this was like before I went to bed, I said, hey, um, I'd love to catch up tomorrow. May I call you? And she texted back, yeah, sure, call me tomorrow. And so I was like, that was interesting. So I did. I called her the next day and we talked for like an hour as if nothing had happened. And so the big work at the end of the conversation, I could feel it wrapping up after she was talking about, you know, her situation. And I'm like, are we okay? And her voice kind of got choked up a little bit. And she was just like saying, I just really needed some space from my family. And so I was like, okay. So I heard her and I was like in a calm place. And what she said to me, I was confident was not going to push me off my center. I was in a really, I've been in a really grounded, centered place. 
So I was able to like hear whatever she wanted to say. And then she gave me the terms about how she wanted the relationship to be. She goes, I'd like to touch base, like, you know, maybe once every three months, once every six months, have like an hour long conversation just to touch base. And I don't know if you have sisters that you do that with, that sisters you don't talk to or very much, and then you do, and you know, it's okay. So she kind of set the terms of how she would like it to be. And she didn't ask me, well, what terms would you like? Because, you know, I would I don't like those terms. <laughs> because she's not in recovery, you know. Right. But for me, it was about pushing through my, um, the unknown of like what's going to happen. The fear. And, yeah. and to be, because I am doing this work and I do feel centered knowing that I can have that conversation and, and be okay. And, and I heard her, and, like, after it was over, I was like, okay, I got it. And that, to me, is, like, one of the, like, gifts of recovery, that I'm not pushed away from, from my center. So, so both uh, MG and myself, we are both um, single women um, and a little bit older. And um, we'll just say older than 40. <laughs> And, um, not, I mean, I, I'm on a couple of dating sites and I go on a few dates and, um, MG is not, but you know, neither one of us is like seeking a person to come in and fill a void in us. And I think that really helps a happy, joyous and free part. It does for me. Mm. And I think that a lot of that comes from a consistent, constant, practice of self-care knowing yes what's good for me yes what i need yes and not stopping it and then not feeling guilty about what i need to do for example last weekend my back was acting up and i was not able to sit up in a chair and i you know for longer than an hour and i had plans to go to a play but i was just like i just i can't do that and i have some um, muscle relaxers that the my doctor gave to me that I rarely use because of my you know drug yeah. addiction and so it was like my back is flaring up I can take this medication and I need to rest it and chill mm-hmm. and right because I knew what I had done I'd been really physical. not push yourself not oh, oh I told myself I was gonna go and right. I have this commitment and that com- yeah it's like, no, I'm just going to take it easy because I've got to work, you know? And so I've got Monday morning, I've got to get up and do my work. So it's like taking care of myself and not feeling guilty about the taking care of it. And then to understand what what it is that I need to do to take care of myself and to implement that. For me, I say that my best day begins the previous day with when I go to bed. I, like, am so rigorous about, like, I can't do caffeine after 1 p.m. Because if I have caffeine after 1 p.m., whether it's a Diet Coke or cups of coffee, even decaf coffee, it's going to interrupt my sleep cycle. And I like to be in bed by 10. I'm like a little old lady. And I like to be in bed by 10. And when I have really, really good sleep, the next morning I wake up and I feel like I can conquer the world. My mood is good. My attitude is good. Physically, I feel good. And I'm, you know, I'm not going to jump out of bed because I'm no spring chicken. But, you know, I'm going to gently roll out of bed. (laughs) 
So mine is, um, mine's a combination. I have to, I working out is so important to me, is getting in some type of workout, um, eating good, and, um, you know, I, I don't seem to have a problem sleeping. I can do that, although I do have issues sometimes. But, so I think that, like, I was telling um, a sponsee last week that I learned um, from Iris, my therapist, about oxytocin and the skin-to-skin contact and how that um, that's one of the things that um, compels the addiction to a person. So like if you have had sex or, you know, touched or, you know, um, a, a person and you're addicted to them, that that oxytocin is a huge component of it. Mm-hmm. And so you can mm-hmm. you can give it to yourself. And so I um, early on in withdrawal and in recovery, I started um, taking these long showers where I would slough my whole body with salt and oil, rinse it off, then wash the whole body, and then do everything else that I would do in a shower, wash my hair and all of that stuff, and take my time and really like feel every inch of my scalp. And, and then when I got out, I would give myself a pedicure. And I started putting Vaseline on my feet every time I get out of the shower. So I put Vaseline on my feet and I rubbed them really well, trying to, because there's so many nerve endings in the feet. And then I put lotion on on top of it so that it's not, it doesn't feel like Vaseline. And the, it just makes it all absorb and go away. So um, those things and having rituals like that, rituals to me are very important. Mm. I love Mm. the ritual of Friday night, I get a coffee on the way home. Mm. You know, that is my treat to myself and it's Mm. a ritual. Mm. And they, it's how I start my weekend. And so the self-care comes up in a lot of different ways for a Mm. lot of different people. Mm. But I love like being able to provide to myself and knowing what I need. Right, right. Well, I so love that whole, you know, visualization of being in the shower. Uh, and one of the things that we have here in Houston, Texas, is this amazing place called the Houstonian Spa. And I don't know if you've ever been to this spa. They have like a float pool. They have like, you know, the little, you know, jacuzzi. They have the sauna. They have these beautiful showers. And if you go in for any treatment, like a manicure, a pedicure, you, you can, they'll give you a little robe and you no. can go in there and you can take care of all that. And when I was like going through my hardest withdrawal, and I mean, and this was like six months still, I was going through withdrawal and I was like, what the heck? I went over there and you can pay like $75 and you don't have to get a manicure or pedicure. You can just use the facility. So I just went in and I told the woman, I said, I just need to, you know, have a spa day. I said, I just want to pay the $75 just to have all that. Because they have an upstairs where you have the coffee and these little cookies and then this dark room where there's a little fire and you can lay on these chairs. It's just an amazing experience. And so I took my book. I remember I was reading a Harry Potter book and I just went there and, uh, and it was like during a week I took the day off. And I like really treated myself. I got there like at 10 a.m. and I did like everything. I took a shower. I did the whole thing. They provide all the shampoo, the little razors. They do. Yes. Oh my God! It was an amazing shower. Mm-hmm. Took this hot shower and this super clean shower. And then I went and floated in the float pool for a little bit and did everything. And then I went upstairs and had lunch. And they bring you a little lunch thing. And 
and and, and everybody's dressed in their little robes and so it's a, a really really neat experience and then I got ready to leave and uh, and I was like um, you know I'm ready to check out and the woman said it's on me so the manager like wow let me have it for free and uh, you know talking about the tears coming you know because that was such a an amazing act of self care right. to go and do that and then to get to gifted, get it gifted gifted yes. but I also want to talk about is that I've been listening I listen to these like crazy podcasts about spirituality and they talk about that um, doing ritual cleansing with salt water usually it's in a bath but it's a way to kind of clean off energy and like if you've been working with others releasing others energies as well and so I thought that that was so amazing when you talked about the the salt salt. you know and how you really like get in there and let it get out Mm -hmm. because I do believe that energetically there's something about um, you know, releasing all of that. And at the same time, you're doing that skin-to-skin oxytocin thing. I think that that's amazing, and that will help so many people to hear that. So I do want to stress, though, that, like, you know, yours was like a one-time thing to go to the spa. But, um, you know, if you get regular massages or yes. anything that can, you can sustain, because if you're jonesing to act out or you don't, you know, you're not happy, joyous and free and you go practice some self-care and then where's my happy, joyous and free? No, this is a sustaining yes. practice. Yes, yes, and, and And you build it up over time. And it all is the self-awareness, the working the steps. I mean, even if you want to go through the steps really fast, you still, there. it's a sustaining process. Working with someone else, you know, knowing what your skill set is and applying it. All of these things, none of them are instant gratification. No. Which is the other point I wanted to make yeah. is that be becoming happy joyous and free and recovery is not there is no instant quick fix it is a sustaining process a commitment to recovery both of us we both have long-term recovery in multiple programs and that is part of the reason that we are able to have this happy joyous and free life is yeah it's this the commitment to recovery and sustaining the practices that have worked for us and at this point in my life, I don't feel like it's a chore to go to a meeting or to uh, sponsor somebody. Before, it might have felt like a chore. And there's something, and I don't know when it happens, but can you remember when you didn't want to go to meetings and you were just like, oh, forget this? Oh, yeah. And then... But, I mean, it has been a long time because, you know, I have a commitment to my program. But, yes, right. I hated everybody. I thought they were so silly. I was like, what are they laughing about? This isn't funny, you know? Yeah. I didn't think anything was funny. And Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. And I definitely did not want to go out to dinner with them afterwards. You know, that took a really long time for me to get okay with and to do. Yeah. But I yeah. did. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. I think I think that's probably was key for me is finding connections in, in doing the right. stuff afterwards, you right. know? Well, and I can remember I felt a little of that disconnect when I came back and tried to get plugged back into, you know, the, the community, the recovery community here in Houston. And uh, and then, but once I did and I found that there were, you know, people that I knew and that I was making new friends, you know, I went to the beach retreat last year and the beach retreat again this year. 
and uh, you know started developing friendships and you know I go to those beach retreats and I pick up like two or three sponsees and so uh, not not this time but um, you know that really and for me working with others so much helps me stay grounded and connected to my program and deepens it and uh, and so you know that's definitely part of it and um, you know just another thing that I wanted to talk about that I do is I cut myself a lot of slack about the shit that goes on in my head. So, for example, I talked earlier about, like, you know, the situation with uh, my sister, sister my, uh-huh. si- my sibling. that, And, uh, you know, I just was like, I have to keep reiterating because there is, and, and there are so many, like, different, you know, modalities where they call it the tapes, you know, the different languages or, like, the, the, the different messages we got from our family of origin and I just talk back to those voices. And so there are things that say um, that, you know, you weren't a good sister to her. And I'm like, that's not correct, little voice in my head. I sometimes call it my mother voice. And so I refute those voices and I stop them. And one of the things that I learned in Sex and Love X Anonymous was about mental hygiene, about our thought processes. What the hell are you thinking about? And, you know, and, and I learned about that in terms of like fantasy. You can't, you know, if I, if I start thinking about somebody, that's two or three seconds. But when I realize that I'm thinking about some, something that's going into fantasy Mm -hmm. and, and so it's allowing it to continue. Right. And so that was one of the first things that I learned in SLA is about monitoring your thoughts. What are you thinking about? And that has segued into like the self-talk that I say to myself. And so I refute those messages that continue to creep up. And, you know, we get messages from, you know, you got the message from sitting in the backseat of your mother's car about money when right. you were little. And so when we're small, our brains are open. And that's why trauma is so much more uh, uh, that children Um, are affected more seriously by trauma than adults because we have more resilience. Our brains are formed. We have strategies. We have support. We have cognitive abilities that we don't have when we're little. And so the same thing happens when we get these other messages is that these messages are coming in and we believe them hook, line, and sinker. We don't, we can't say, you know, my mother is drunk right, right. now. Well, She's not being rational. That's really inappropriate, you know, for you to talk about that in front of me. That's you know, right. Yeah, I'm you not your best friend. Right. You know, you don't need to be talking about having sex with, you know, my father. So uh, we don't we don't have those, right. those things. So going back and doing the reprogramming for those messages for me has been essential and critical to my happiness because it is not true. That shit is not true. And it's part of me taking responsibility once again for having my own happiness and joy. So we would tell you, dear listener, to make sure you have a sponsor, work the steps, work them diligently um, to begin sponsoring people and continue working the steps. Yes. Um, To be very self-aware, to know what was it you said you know don't feel guilty when you need to say no or say no that's why i set a boundary yes set a boundary boundaries are really yes oh my gosh this is your life this is your responsibility 
And I want to encourage and support you on doing the work that you need to do to take care of it. You know what you need to do to make yourself happy. I believe that. I believe we all know. And listen to it then. And listen to that voice that listen says that. Listen to it and do it. Stop, you know, getting in the covers and sleeping. And, you know, if you know you need to work a harder program, then get your ass to a meeting. And there are people that are like saying like, well, I should, you know, I should, I should be better or I should go to that meeting or I should, you know, pay my sister's rent or whatever. And, you know, there's this phrase in Al-Anon where it says, you know, don't should all over yourself. And so, you know, get rid of the should. And if you're having a problem getting rid of the should, you know, then I say, you know, offer it to your higher power. Say, you know, let me examine what this should is about. And to get rid of all that, you know, crap that comes up. And clean up your thoughts. Don't allow yourself to, you know, be intentional about what you want to think about. Be intentional about what you want to do every day. Be intentional about self-care. What, you know, what works for you. Be intentional about what you watch on TV and what you read and what you put in, what you're listening to in the radio, you know. All of those, there's, we have so much at our disposal now. We have podcasts like this that will help you, you know, and instruct you. There's so much available to you. And I love the rituals and the uh, self-care and like, you know, the body contact. That's fantastic. I love that too. So I think that that should help you get on the track and get on the path to being happy, joyous, and free. And don't forget, if you like this, um, to like and share it. Um, we are growing and we're growing in listeners. If you want to send us an email, you can email us at SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com. You can check out our other web our other podcasts on uh facebook and also youtube and then on our website on our website www.sobersisterstalk.com we welcome your comments your questions your issues and your topics thank you so much thank you this is mg elizabeth pudwell thanks for listening bye-bye